Good morning, everyone. I know you haven't heard from me personally in quite a long time. My able uh, co-host on this podcast is Natalie Borneo of Dress for Success Worldwide. And she has been the voice of the podcast for quite a while now, but I occasionally like to pop in when I feel especially connected to one of the guests and I would like to be the one to introduce her on this podcast to my audience. And that is the case today. So as you know, Freeman Means Business, Wonder Women in Business podcast is all about the stories we all have and, and sometimes hide, but I want to reveal a little bit of our authentic selves. Every time you hear this podcast, I feel like the more women embrace their own story and step into their power, the more it permissions them to make changes in corporate America so that we can have a more inclusive corporate workspace for women at work. Um, Today's super exciting guest. Let me tell you, she is so exciting that I said, I want to do this one myself, right? I want to host this one myself. Is Valerie Nealon of Baker Donaldson, but I know and love her as Valerie Pepper. And you'll hear all about why in a moment. So Valerie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. You are my very first podcast. No way. Oh, I get that sometimes. That's super exciting. I'm glad you trusted me with your virgin podcast, right? Absolutely. That's awesome. Well, I'll tell you when we first met, um, I try not to get to know my guests before the podcast. That way it makes the experience more authentic. And I didn't break that rule when I met Valerie folks. But she was introduced to me by one of my BFFs, and I thought, this woman is amazing. She's And and not to sound self-centered, but I love me, and Valerie reminds me of me. So (laughs) (laughs) I was like, we're going to put her on for sure. So uh, let me ask you the first question, which is usually the first question I ask folks. Mm -hmm. Valerie, what is your story? So... It's it, I can make this really short or really long. So I'll start oh, with the short version. Day. I have all day. Yeah. Um, the short version is I am uh, chief of staff at Baker Donaldson. I have been chief of staff for four years, but I've actually been at the firm for almost 19 years. Wow. With, yes. So I'm um, clearly I like lawyers. Um, I'm not one, but I work with them and I did marry one. Um, but in addition to being chief of staff, I also write very spicy rom-coms. So um, I like to call myself a professional smut dealer. So, <laughs> in ad- so in addition to having this very sort of straight-laced, super corporate job, I also get to have a lot of fun uh, creating fantasies for my readers. Okay, I have to jump in here and ask you, um, well, two things, that is a total expectancy violation for me, like anyone who's listening is going to be like, wait, she works in one of the most conservative industries on the planet, yet, you know, as young Carl Jung might say, her shadow self is a fantasy (laughs) storyteller, right? Um, How do the lawyers feel about this? So that's the best part. Uh, I am lucky and I would not have been at this farm for as long as I have been if I didn't truly enjoy the people that I work with. Um, I get to work with the CEO and COO every single day. So I'm working at the highest levels of the farm, 
helping to execute strategy and, you know, the next steps in all our efforts, um, working with directors and chiefs all across the firm, and every single one of them know exactly what I do. Uh, I think one of the biggest reasons that everybody's okay with it is that I never gave them a chance to not be okay with it. <laughs> That's you know That's what I mean? Very lawyer-like that kind yes. of strategy. <laughs> yes, it's like say nothing. Plausibility. Yeah. Well, they don't know about it. They won't be able to comment on it. <laughs> well, I mean, I they know, right? Though they yeah, they but, all know. Yeah. yeah, and they've they've known for years. Um, one of the, it's funny. I've worked with our CEO for probably a decade. So well before he became the CEO, I was working with him in a different capacity. And uh, he has known that I was a writer forever. Like everybody knows I am. I come, you know, we talk, we talk about being our authentic selves, right? And I come to the table with my entire self. Everybody knows that I am a writer. I am a, you know, chief of staff. I am a mother. I am a wife. I am all of these things. And everybody knows it. And uh, it took a while for me to become a romance author. I started writing other types of fiction. Uh, but once I started into romance, I just started telling people. It's like, yeah, I, th I think I'm going to, I'm writing romance. And then it became, oh, I'm writing really spicy romance. <laughs> and then it became, well, now I've published this really spicy romance. And anyone is welcome to read it. But just remember, you have to be able to look me in the eye when you're done. Because I can look you in the eye with no problem. <laughs> But can you? Um, and so a couple of people, my COO, in fact, won't read it. She says she can't, she can't do it. Um, but she said her husband read it and and uh, said that said that it was very good. So I guess that's. Uh-oh, uh-oh. That's awesome. So you know what I was just thinking? You're so courageous. I know you don't think that because this is our personality. We're just, you, right. what you see is what you get, right? But other people who aren't quite as courageous to be their whole selves or true selves might listen to you tell this story of who you truly are day and night. You know, you're the same person. Mm -hmm. uh, all of these Valerie's, Pepper mm -hmm. and are nine to five and five to the next day, right? So 24-7. That said, I I think I want you to be my morning keynote speaker in New Orleans at my annual women's empowerment event. I think you would be fantastic. And I know yeah. I, I probably know 98% of the population of women in Louisiana because I'm from there. <laughs> and oh, I know okay. even though you're not in Louisiana, you have a law firm office there. And I know really? a couple of folks who work for you or at your firm, mm -hmm. amazing lawyers, and some of them are paralegals. Uh, great firm. Shout out to Baker Donaldson. Absolutely. And uh, and your new hire, my BFF that introduced us. She's a great hire. Love her. So yeah. I think you'd be amazing. What do you think? I, absolutely. I would love to. It would be an honor. Awesome. Awesome. We will have about 20 to 30 minutes with you hearing your story and um, really like bringing your own personal self to the, to the story. Like what, what has changed your, you know, in your life because you have decided to be your true authentic self day and night. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. You'd be amazing. I can't wait. I can't wait. <laughs> um, well, let's get back to the questions at hand. So uh, I would ask you, you're, you're a writer. So this question takes on a totally different meaning when I ask it, mm. what is the one book that has influenced you the most? Oh my gosh. Um, that's not fair. I was not ready for that one. <laughs> well, um, it might be one you wrote, you know, I know. And well, no, too many. Um, I think, gotcha. 
I think that that's the beauty of story. And I think that that's the beauty of fiction uh, in particular yeah. is that it allows, that's why I love, that's why I love reading it. It's why I love writing it is, is you're, every time you read a book, you are able to step into yeah. that story. You're able to become that character. You're able to see the world through their eyes and you just this overwhelming sense of empathy starts to build. Um, it's why I think everybody should read books, <laughs> but you get to learn about other people's experiences. You know, I'm, I am a very particular type of person. You know, I have one, one perspective. I've lived one kind of life and, and I am, but one of billions. So if I, the best way for me to learn about the world and to become, you know, bigger and to be more self-aware um is to read and so so but but as a child um without question I would say Judy Bloom if we want to oh, if nice. we want to throw authors out yeah um, she would have been the one who sort of opened my eyes the most and made me just really curious about the world and um and just wanting to know more and you then know, as as I we love that I, I love that you said we step like we step into the characters in any book you read and find oh, a piece yeah. of us that we can relate to in the character. I wonder how many of your characters were um, people you wanted to be or were curious about being or parts of who you are. I know that, yes. you know, that's a that's a curveball right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it, so I had, um, you know, show me show me one adult who hasn't who didn't have, you know, a crappy upbringing in one way or another. Right. I mean, we've all we have all been traumatized to one to one uh, degree or another. But I had a, a horrific stepmother. Um, she was just brutal. Um, it told me all the time that, you know, I couldn't do anything right. I was stupid and blah, blah, you know, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it was, you know, that's it was her own shit. That right. is, oh, oh, yeah. it's totally her own shit. Yeah. And, and I realized that as the minute I became a mother actually was when I realized, you know, sort of all the chains fell away uh, and I don't talk to them anymore. So that's okay. Um, but because I had, you know, I spent so much time sort of being pushed down um, at growing up, I, the, all of those books were such an escape and it was wonderful to learn to be strong and to learn and to just feel what it might feel like to, you know, be a different person and have a different life experience. So um, I think, I mean, it's, it's, it's definitely why I write today. I actually wrote for kids for a little bit. I went, it got nowhere, but that's okay. <laughs> um, but I, but it is, it's, I, I write now so that I can give people an escape. You know, I even feel if like it's you just are in Yeah, no, I, I don't care if it's smutty. I mean, I'm not, I've not been, um, well, as I get older, it's harder for me to read. So I've had to transition to Kindle so I can make the font huge. Amen. And I know someday I'm going to have to bite the audible bullet, but <laughs> I still am a lover of books where you turn the page and you smell yeah. the paper and the ink. Um, I would say that you're like a phoenix. I mean, that's the word that came to mind when you <laughs> yeah. how the chains fell away. Yeah, how have yeah. you risen? Wow. Right. So yeah, yeah. one of my questions I'd planned to ask you, but we've just hit on it was early life uh, experiences that had an impact on you and look how empowering that was. Um, you know, that's akin to the same uh, values and, and aligns with the mission of why I do that annual event is because mm -hmm. We do not have to allow that which we could not control to control us now, 
right? Oh, there you go. Yes, absolutely. Look, the woman who introduced us knows my whole story. Well, she doesn't know the whole story, but she thinks she knows the whole story. And what she knows is pretty darn uh, incredible. Um, They don't have to define you. They mold you and shape you and use that, that like clay to create whatever end result you want. And for me, the story still unfolds, right? We're not done. Absolutely. No, not at all. I know why I I just adore you. Like you're (laughs) the thinner, prettier version of me, like younger too. (laughs) There you go. Because you seem extremely self-aware. And I think that's something women don't take time out in their lives to do is self-actualize and get to know Mm -hmm. who they are and love themselves. And I try to encourage that. It is not selfish to put yourself first. So what tools do you use to become self-aware, self-loving, and just um, empowered? Sure. Um, reading, of course. It feels like every answer comes back to to fiction and reading. But I do think that that, that has been such a huge portion of my life. But also, um, I wrote... Um, I, I joke, I wrote some really bad poetry um, when I was a teenager, but um, I also, you know, journaling, um, I think has also been a big help to just focus my thoughts inward and just work my way through whatever it was I was feeling. I also use music um, and just, you know, I, I, you've heard that you've probably heard the term like mood reader, like people will only read whatever they're in the mood for. I am more like a mood, mood listener. So my music taste will, will go, but I have used it to work through just as many things. And today, I think what I continue to do is just look around. I mean, just yeah. be open observant. and, and yeah. And just observant and just, um, remember that it, you're right. It's, it is not selfish to take care of yourself. Uh, but I think one of the, and I think it's also taking care of yourself to just look around, take a hike, I agree. you know, get out in nature and remind yourself that you are but one and that there are so many other people remind yourself of the good things. Um, I am a huge glasses half full um, person. I even, you know, despite everything, I guess uh, my, I, I think, um, if if any one word defines me, it's probably persistent um, oh, because yeah. I have just, yeah, I have never, I just won't give up on whatever it is. Uh, I just I love like, that. Oh my yeah. God. I see that in you for sure. Um, let me just say that your um, description, I think that it reminds us that I, I, I liken it to a global worldview. You say, you know, look yes. at Uh, I think that like Mark Twain said, that is the best tool to combat bias and bigotry is to get out there and see how the rest of the world lives and not just stay in your tiny corner all of your life and think this is it and be so judgy, right? Like you need to embrace and love those who who aren't like you. And uh, it's funny that we say that because it's Pride Month and it's also Juneteenth Mm. today. Um, The fear that people have of the other, whatever that might be. And in my case, the work I do um, centers around all of the above, but mostly women, right? So the gender inequities and inequalities as well. You are such a great representative of what it's like to um, have a global worldview or an open mind. Um, May I make a book recommendation? Because you talk about love and books so much. Now, this is an old, oh my God, it was life-changing when I read it. My son was 24 months old when I read it. He's 22 years old today. And I still recommend this book, read it, give it away. It's called How to Think Like Leonardo da Vinci. 
Oh. And some powerful exercises in there that unleash your creative mind and tap into innovation and your, um, I guess your higher vibrations. If you're an energy person, you know what I'm talking about, um, how we're sure. to each other. So book recommendation right there, folks, for all I of love it. Thing. Um, Michael Gelb is the author. Um, so let me ask you this. Clearly, you have some serious intrinsic motivations because being a writer isn't the first thing that comes out of a parent's mouth when they say, I want you to grow up and be wealthy and independent. So be a writer. <laughs> right. Yeah, definitely <laughs> not. Exactly. So you must have the beautiful motivation that we call intrinsic motivation, right? You must be intrinsically motivated. What are those values and, and deeply held values and intrinsic motivators that, that move you? Um, like things beyond money. Or yeah. Cost. They, oh yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, to me, it really like the, the, the values that are, that I hold most dear, yeah. um, is really is, is looking beyond oneself, caring for others, kindness, honesty, uh, though, um, to, and, and that can be hard. Um, yeah. honesty can be extremely brave. It can, I mean, it's just, um, not not honesty to the detriment of others necessarily you know like don't you don't have to tell somebody that they're that you know they're not looking so good today um just because they're not <laughs> but, but I mean you know, down, I want you to tell me if my right down. yes <laughs> definitely I all yes I will tell you every time if your zipper is down I am I am that person <laughs> I will adjust I the crown that. right for sure, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's no, it's definitely not money. Um, I think what it, I mean, what what everybody wants when it's all said and done, I think, is to just be happy. And so, what what is it? You know, I have found what makes me happy is is to tell stories um, and to surround myself with people that I love. Right? Yeah, you too. I mean, we who. I just, I think we are naturally born to be storytellers in one way or another. I mean, you literally go back and you look at the caves, you know, they were drawing yeah. stories, um, you know, on like how not to die. But still, you know, these days it's, it's more, you know, here's how to, let me, let me take you through an experience. And, and when you come out of it, you know, even if it is a romance story, I bet you've learned something about how to be brave, how to be vulnerable, how to open yourself up to something that maybe you didn't think you were going to be able to, you just never know. You know, my husband is in the room and he's shaking his head. Like he's interested in reading these <laughs> romance novels. There I you go. He was raised strict Southern Baptist in Louisiana. So, oh, me too. That, you know, really, really. Yes, so, yes. Sorry, buddy. No, <laughs> he's not anymore, and neither are you. So, yeah, no, um, I'm. I, I joke that I'm reformed. reformed. I am a reformed Southern Baptist. Yes, sure. or recovering. Recovering. <laughs> and the rest of the people that met you along that journey are probably still in need of recovering from that interaction. Because let me tell you, that's some serious oppression, right? Yes. So yeah, I can it was, totally it was tough. see what you mean by you let the chains fall away or finally the chains fell away. I mean, that's how yes. he felt too. Um, it, it's, we're not going to get into a political or religious or propaganda or groupthink discussion, but I will say that kind of oppression does um, really shape and frame and form who you become. And it either makes you, it's not, it's not somewhere in the middle. Let me just yeah. say, you are either totally free someday and you're like yep. you and I are, or you are 
you know, some of these people we know or that you're not remain nameless. Right. Yeah. Right. Sure. right. Sure. Well, how do you find that balance between um, authentic? Like, what does it mean to you to be authentic in your life? I know you're a truth teller. Yeah. It's authentic. There's a slight difference. There is. Um, for me, I think it is never hiding who you are as a person. I do. I think so. I think, unfortunately, too many people have what like in fiction you might call it it's called a misbelief so a lot of times people will have this misbelief that they have put upon themselves whatever it might be you know it could be oh well you know my stepmother told me that I could never do anything right so my misbelief is I will never be able to it to do anything right well that's not true um but but I think people will often forget to step into themselves or not be given permission and re and they actually need to be given permission somehow. And so they, for me, I think b becoming your authentic self and to be authentic is to give yourself permission to be who you are, um, whatever that may be. And to accept that, you know, you're not perfect to accept that you've still got your own, you know, biases that you need to work through your own, you know, knee jerk reactions to whatever, you know, I still cannot argue with someone to save my life. I just want to run. I mean, that is that is I'm just like, no, you're wrong. And then I just turn tail and run. And then five minutes later, I come back and say, I'm sorry. Hang on. You know, it's a lot like the friend we share. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I hate I trait. hate. Yeah, I hate confrontation, but I know that about myself. And so yeah. I tell people, I'm like, listen, I hate confrontation. So just know that, you know, and, and, um, and it, by, by accepting and acknowledging, you know, all of your, your, your good things and your bad things and the right. things that you still need to work on. I think that and, and being honest with yourself and others about it. To me, that is absolutely what it means to be authentic. I was going to say that's right there. My definition of it is to embrace the whole self, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I want to share a much more quote. succinct way of saying it. <laughs> no, no, I love your storytelling way, right? So yeah. um, it's funny because I think that when you said storytelling is one of those ways to give permission mm -hmm. to other women, that's precisely why um, I do this podcast and precisely why I host this event. And even though I am the good troublemaker and not always, you know, I don't always get in line and stand up straight and shoulders back and head up. I'm going to, you know, I am with love going to speak up, speak out and, you know, advocate for my sisters. Right. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, trying to think of that quote. I posted a quote, but I'm so prolific on social. I overpost as anyone who knows me would agree. Um, but it's like, we need women friends who are, you know, regardless of any situation or circumstance they are I got you you are the greatest woman on earth kind of vibe you know absolutely not insecure backstabbing negative comments it's I got you right and that's who you are I can tell and that's who I am here's the quote it says women need other women in their lives who think they are a big now I'll say it effing deal <laughs> no competition, no backhanded comments, no jealousy, no hate, just I love you, I support you, and there is no one on earth like you kind of energy. 
And that's what I feel. Love that. You. Yeah. You're that woman. I'm that woman. I think our friend, um, she is that woman. She's just not as mouthy as I am. <laughs> <laughs> She's a quiet supporter. Right? She's probably never been asked to leave the corporate workplace or <laughs> because she's so outspoken. Right. Um, let me ask you, you are definitely a leader. And, and I know, I mean, just by having you on this podcast and, and having this conversation with you, I know you lead by example, right? Mm. How are you in that very conservative industry of legal? How mm -hmm. can you have, you know, be an authentic leader there? I mean, like what, what steps can people who I have a lot, most of my listeners are from legal, right. uh, just because that's where my world has been for 30 years. But this can apply anywhere. You know, how can you take steps and what steps might you take to be a more authentic leader, even in such a conservative atmosphere? Oh, so I think what's 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 interesting about lawyers and having worked with them for nearly it's it's 19 years in August, I think, Um Wow. Is that, yeah, um, is they, as a breed. I been married to mine for 19. That's a lot of time to spend. <laughs> it's a lot of lawyers. time. And with those one, are a lot yeah. of lawyers. Those are a lot of lawyers. Yeah. Yes. Um, but but as, as a breed, lawyers are generally um, not resilient. Um, they, and they are extremely resistant to change. I so agree. I think once you, so the first thing to know is to just know that about the people you work with, whether it's legal or not, but because I have spent so much time in legal, um, I have learned to, to understand them. Um, so I think the first thing to do is just listen. Uh, in so, in so many, so many times, like your best move as a leader is to just be quiet and just listen to them. So many people will come to you. Um, and I, I, I joked about it at first and then I realized I was actually, it was right. So many people would come to me and just gripe and moan about whatever it was. You know, they were angry, they were frustrated, they were upset about blah, 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 blah. And at first it was, I felt sort of frustrated because I couldn't fix it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then I realized, no, 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 <laughs> they're actually coming to me because they trust me. They trust, they feel safe with me. They like, it is a relationship where they felt safe enough to unload on me. Um, and so I learned to sort of, it was like, you know, water off a duck's back. It's like, okay, hang on. You're not actually mad at me. You're, you're frustrated with the situation. Um, and so as a leader, one of the things you do have to learn to do is sort of take your, your emotions out of the equation. Um, for the moment, because you still have to be, again, you're there with your whole self, your reaction, you know, your upbringing, your entire life informs every single reaction that you have in every single interaction. But as a leader, you also need to understand that, that everybody else is coming with their whole selves too, whether or not right. they're showing it to you. Right. So, so learning to listen and then learning to repeat back. Okay. What I think I heard you say was blank, blank, yes. blank. Oh um, and and then finally you'll, and half the time when you say what I think you heard, you, I heard you say was blank, they'll say no. And you go, oh, <laughs> okay. Um, and so another, a, a, one of the current leaders in our firm, uh, he's our chief marketing business development officer who taught me so much. Um, I know him by the way. He's yeah, a great he's, guy. He's a great guy. Um, absolutely. And 
I mean, you want to talk about empowering an entire team of, of people that and he, he absolutely does women that. too, which Big is he's a great ally. Yeah. Yes, he is. He is amazing. Um, but his three words that he, that he taught me to say are, tell me more. Yes. He, and, oh my God. okay. I'm going to put him also in the brilliant column because that is, <laughs> those are probably the three next to, I love you, which you probably shouldn't be saying at your law firm. <laughs> probably words. not. <laughs> um, but tell me more. Those are the three most powerful words you can say to uh, encourage an authentic and, and meaningful relationship with anyone. Yeah, and absolutely. It, yes. yes. Oh, my God. Yes. He's amazing. So huge shout out to him. He knows who absolutely. he is. Absolutely. He knows uh, exactly. Yeah. I just want to say you remind me of, uh, oh, I guess because I'm I'm projecting myself onto you here because I see a lot of us. I'll catch you. Know, you. Me, Give you. it to me. Yes, you're like Wendy Rhodes on Billions. I don't know if you've ever watched that series. I have not. No. <laughs> well, I know a lot if of players watch it. Um, so she is a, a psychiatrist by trade, but she's hired by this um, multi-billion-dollar uh, financial services. They they place trades in and stocks and such. But anyway, she's sort of their everybody's therapist, right? So. They all, I have been in your role before where the the managing partner or the executive committee members come to me uh, and I thought wrongly for advice, but really it was just, could I have someone to talk to besides this base in my office? So I don't look crazy. I'm actually talking to a human and you're right. Had I learned earlier on and at a much younger age that um, they, it's like the, the dynamic between how men and women communicate where women just, honey, I don't want you to fix it. I just want you to listen. Right. Yeah. I learned that later. Uh, after a couple of husbands, I learned that. (laughs) Well, and that's, and that's actually, it is, you're, you're absolutely right. And so another thing that I have learned to do is, is, and this is rare. I more do this with my daughter. Um, when she unloads on me, she's 19. Uh, my, my response now is, do you, do you want me to, to try and fix this? Or do you just want me to listen? Um, and, and, and it, and she, and she, I mean, the first time it sort of took her back, she was like, Oh, that is so, I just want you to listen. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah, okay. I'm like, well then come I mean, on. Um, yeah. Really, so. really, really great communication that you have with her, that you said that um, it empowers her to d- decide what path we take. I mean, even if the end result is the same, there are many paths to the mountaintop, right? So absolutely, uh, that is such wise. I hope all the moms and dads out there heard what she just said, because that could save you from the trauma of having a team, right? <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I think we're all traumatized, right? Like we're traumatized growing up. We're, we yeah. inflict trauma on our children, whether we know it or we not. I mean, trauma to trauma. To trauma. Exactly. Just, you know, yeah, we're all right. making it up as it go, as we go along. It's great. I, I said to someone the other day, do you know how much childhood trauma I had to go through to get this funny, to be this funny? <laughs> yes. Yes, <laughs> exactly. I got you. I got you. <laughs> Well, speaking of trauma or setbacks or challenges, and it can be personal or professional, but is there something you want to share with us on what the challenge or setback might've been and how you overcame it? Okay, sure. So this one is um, outside of corporate. uh, So this goes back to, to writer Valerie. Um, So I mentioned that, that um, I, at one point I was writing for kids, the the piece here that that is important, I think, for for the listeners to understand is uh, the the book that's out now is my debut, and we'll talk about it as we get along. But um, 
it took me um, 20 years, eight books, and over 400 rejections from agents before I finally decided to pull the plug and just do it myself. And then it ended up being like the 10th book. Um, I did get an agent on my eighth book and, and it was amazing. It's wonderful. And she is brilliant and lovely, but in getting to that point, um, just getting, you know, rejection after rejection, you would write, I would write one book and they would say no. And then I would write another book and they would say no. And then I would write the third book and they said no. And I guess the, the overall theme though is, is again, persistence. Um, I had, I have this dream of being published and no one was going to stop me. It was going to happen. And what I also, what I tell people about anything is, listen, the days are going to go by no matter what. So it's what you choose to do with that time. You know, it's never too late to do whatever. That's powerful. Say that again. The days are going to pass no matter what but it's how you choose to live in those days and what you choose to do with your time during those days. Um, That's what's going to make all the difference in the world. I love that. That is awesome. That is awesome. So you're sort of one of those um, win or learn, never lose, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, (laughs) just one step forward, you know, one after the other, after the other. So, so while it's that had, those have been like my biggest challenges and setbacks, the next sort of piece about it is, um, it's also my proudest moment was the day that my, that I, you know, my book launched because I did that myself all by myself. Oh, wow. You know, so so I ended that was your own. Uh, I did not know that. So I thought yes. that, that your proudest moment was when somebody else did it, but good for you. And as they say in Louisiana, good on you, good on that, you. that your proudest professional accomplishment or personal, I guess it would be both, right? It's both. Right. Now yeah. Again, came to life. Yes. Yeah. So is when more I... about that because, um, you know, that is who you are. You're, you mm. are Valerie Pepper. So as much as you're Valerie Nealon at the law, uh, law office, you are Valerie Pepper as well. So tell us a little more about when did you feel like you were an author? It was at this moment when, when you realized, oh my God, I'm published, my book's coming out. I'm, I'm stepped into my power. Yes. Um, and no, so here's, so it's, it's, I'm, it's interesting. Um, so I will see, I'm, I have a ton of friends and acquaintances in the book community, specifically in the in the romance writing community at this point, especially. But I will see people who will put like on their bios, aspiring author. And oh I'm like, my. I'm like, I'm like, no, no. Author. Did, you're an author. Did, right. did you write? Did you write a paragraph? Is your intention to finish a book? Then you're an author. Full stop. Um, and I think- and again, it's that giving what I I had somebody in my professional life tell me probably about a decade ago that I had like I had made this offhanded remark and I had said, no, 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 you've got my permission, like go do the thing, whatever it was. 
And she later came back and said that actually I needed that. Like I needed to be given that permission. And so I realized that people need permission sometimes. Now I'm going to give myself permission all day long, but a lot of people aren't like that. So it was, you know, so every time I see somebody with this aspiring author um, on their bio, if I know them in any capacity, then I will slide into their DMs and say, listen, sister, you're an author. Yeah, I mean, don't I take that. off that aspiring. So, so I for me though, yeah. you're so <laughs> ma- that is the, the, the quote we just said about women needing women who have that kind of, you're the best on earth. I got you right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, and, it, and they're always like, Oh, you know, I know, you know, and, and sort of deflecting. And again, this is where I'm like, I, you know, no, you are, you know, step into yourself. This is what you want to do. This is who you want to be. So do it and be it. So, so when I did hit, you know, publish on, on that novel and, and, you know, the, the debut day was there, it was interesting because it felt, it, it almost felt like I was at the base of the mountain still, like I hadn't hit the mountain. It was just, I kept, I was like, okay, now I've, now I've got this new mountain that I get to climb. And so, it um so it felt like i had real i mean i knew i had accomplished something but in this really interesting way um it it was also not surprising um which sounds almost kind of like like i'm full of myself and that's not what it is but it's like i had i i had gotten myself there you know from creating the mailing lists and creating the online presence and doing just doing (laughs) all the things that it takes to be an independent author, which is, it's a full-time job on its own. And so the fact that I, you know, squeezed all this in with having this very busy, very full and fulfilling day job, um, in addition to having this fam, you know, a family that I'm, that I, I also really like them and like to hang out (laughs) with them, um, you know, to like somehow just shove everything else in and make it happen. You know, it, it felt amazing. And it was, I mean, I felt so proud and I'm still proud. Uh, but it also, at the same time, it was like, yes, well, um, of course, of course this happened. Like, because you I know, made it happen. <laughs> let's stop there and take note. I want the audience to understand that eight out of every 10 women I interview suffer what this thing is called imposter syndrome. I have never had it. You do Me neither not have it, Valerie. Nope. <laughs> I know. And look, look, I, uh, my work is to help them get through that. Right. That's my calling. But for people like you and me, you step into your power. If you continue to put aspiring author, you're never going to be anything but aspiring. Right. Right. You have to create your own reality and you have to love yourself and believe in yourself enough because, Hey, if you don't, I don't know you as well as you do. Why would anybody else love you if you don't love yourself first? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Boom. Oh my God. You're amazing. You're amazing. I love that you're leading by example and you're giving, uh, even through your actions, not just your words, but actions, giving permission as to use your word to others, yeah. to do men and women to do the same. Right. Absolutely. And in those who don't identify, you know, it's hard for them, like step into find out who you are and be that and be right? that unapologetically yeah. be that. Right. And look, right. 
there are going to be people who don't get you. They're not your posse. So what? That's true. It's, it's fine. That's fine. Yes, you, exactly. It's okay. I, you know, maybe I don't get them either. Uh, and that's what, that's, what's beautiful about the world is I we're, we're not all, we don't all have to get along. It would be nice if, you know, everybody could just, you know, eyes on their own paper sometimes and hold your hand out other times, but it's cool. You know, if you don't like me, that's okay. Right. <laughs> and I tell our friend, our mutual friend, um, you know, um, oh, remind me later to tell you, there's another person who works with you who used to work with me at my old firm. And I didn't know that she worked with you until after okay. a friend, right? She says, um, like, she's very heart-centered, this this mm -hmm. person who introduced us. And I think she um, lives vicariously through people like you and me to a degree um, where, like, our superpower is just do it, you know? Mm -hmm. I have been on the phone crying to her before about people who didn't like me. And she reminded me of what I would tell others, right? Practice what you preach. It hurts, you but you got to remember, I'd rather have four quarters than a hundred pennies any day. There you go. Nice. <laughs> well, let me ask you this. You are an amazing woman. Um, we are multidimensional. We, um, you know, wear many hats. If you were to publish or write a memoir, what would the title be? Hmm. I, I probably, um, you know, I would in in reality, I would take a long time and and I would think sure. about this and and it would take me days. But um, off the cuff, persistence. Love that. That's I mean, why just, I see you as a phoenix rising. Yeah. Um. Oh. And you know, or or recovering Southern Baptist, but um, no persistence. <laughs> That would be the title of so many of my so many. memoirs. Don't look. That's in, 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 yeah, that would be in the parentheses or, you know, how I, you know, how I stepped out of being this and learned to love myself or something. But right. um, yeah, look, a lot of women need that and men too. So yeah, uh, men absolutely. don't see the way women do. We don't, um, you know, like you said, you took the aspiring author off in your mind, right? And you mm -hmm. tell others to take it off in their cvs or resumes yeah men will do that they will apply for that job where they only you know meet 60 percent of the criteria yes say, i can do that nothing's stopping me you know i've never yeah. had to but i know i got this women will be like oh no i've never done that so we self-select and we put ourselves yes. in the second chair we need to not do that when you step up into first chair and be the boss and and yes how are other women to do the same like yes. you have done uh, you know, I'm a traveler. I love to travel. It's where I find, um, like you said, just listen, learn, and then lead with what you learn, right? Mm. I go to new places and I see how people live differently. And I may not agree with how they live or, you know, I'm, I'm never going to eat cats, right? But I, I understand there are cultural differences all over the globe. And I want to go experience and learn and listen and open my mind and my mind's eye to new and different things and places. Do you travel? And if so, what's a distant place you visited? And what did you learn from that? So I have not gotten to travel nearly as much as, as I would like to. I spent many, many years, you know, I, I grew up poor uh, and then was so focused on uh, on just sort of creating my own safety that <laughs> that I just didn't yeah. go anywhere. Um, so I finally got to the furthest I've, I've been is um, over to Europe uh, last summer for oh, my daughter's high school graduation gift, she wanted that I was 
delighted to be able to give her, she wanted to go to um, to London, to Paris, and to Lake Como, um, oh, and which beautiful. is in Italy. It's beautiful, oh, yeah. um, and and so we did, and it was it was beautiful and it was amazing um i learned that london is my spirit animal um <laughs> i've decided that that if any place sort of just sort of embodies who i am at my core i'm pretty sure it's london um with all it like with all the just messiness that 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 implies uh but also their their boots um i love the boots um so valerie but i in her kinky boots in my kinky <laughs> boots exactly um I but I, I mean, you know, the furthest I've been here, I'm going to do it again. The furthest that I've been has been through fiction. I mean, I've gotten to see so many places, imaginary and real, through the power of words. So um, my biggest lessons have probably come through books. But I there was, that. it was just beautiful to be surrounded, um, to be in, in, all these countries where what I liked the best, I think, was was like sitting at breakfast in these various hotels or out in these little cafes and hearing um, all these different languages that being yeah. in America, because we are so it's such a huge country, you just can't, you know, you can't even when you travel, you know, the equivalent from London to Paris in America, you're still in America. Um, right. And what I what I really began to appreciate is is sort of why um, maybe we are so insulated um, in both thought and culture in a lot of ways in this country versus the rest of the world because we're just giant. Um, and there's, you know, you, we're not going to dive into it. But I did learn that that um, distant, like, what am I trying to say? I just, just, I just loved the way everything sort of melted together, the way everybody coexisted um, without thought and yeah. just sort of were. Uh, and I loved that. I just, it was just wonderful. So this is for you, but maybe a listener or two might appreciate it. Um, I studied, I'm a social scientist. So I've studied a lot of culture mm -hmm. and there's a, um, a genius social scientist with his own Institute. And now his son has taken it over. Um, it's Geert Hofstede. And he studies many things. One of which he's famous for is cultural index, right? The, or uh, it's like, for example, what you just said, America is so individualistic and we're very vertical and we're very, yeah. this is mine. And we only really care about those blood relatives. Whereas um, Eastern cultures and many parts in, in Europe too are very um, Ohana or family, or we're connected to you in other ways beyond just bloodline. Mm. Uh, you know, we share a, a, a more than 200 year history if we're from Europe, but in America, we're this young, like toddler, yes. two toddler stomping our screaming feet mine. Feet. Yes, exactly. Mine, mine, don't touch it. Yes. Um, we don't have the benefit of the wisdom that comes from a long history or age, yeah. if you will. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you in what you said. Um, Marka. <laughs> I'll just say that. <laughs> well, I love it. You know, I mean, we're you know we're super messy, and and boy, do we have a lot to learn. But uh, but totally. I still love it. You know, you we'll, know we're gonna get there. I am I am the glass half full. We're gonna get there. It Thanks. may take another two hundred years, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> I am a glass half full of champagne kind of girl. So there, I'm yes, sort of. There we go. Um, idealistic real I, I am optimistic but idealistic and I don't I don't want anyone to dull that shine or take that that belief in the otherworldly away from me um there you go. 
let me ask you this. And if you don't want to answer, you don't have to, because you know, it, it was, if it was something you've done anonymously, you did it anonymously for a reason, but right. is there something you've done anonymously that you're willing to share? You know, I don't, I don't think so. Um, you know, short of maybe, you know, paying for the person's coffee behind me, Aww, you know, like in a fit matters. of, you know, but, but, um, but even that, like, it's, I mean, that hasn't been constant. Um, so I think, it's, it's I, yeah. about your mindset. It's not yeah. about the, how many times you've, uh, you know, taken part in the practice. It's about the mindset that led yeah. you to that behavior, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I love that. So I'm going to stand behind you in the Starbucks next time. <laughs> exactly. There you go. See what like, sh whatever she'll have. Yes. Yeah. Right. For sure. Right. right. <laughs> um, let me ask you, you're an author. You're a successful published author. You yeah. are an incredible storyteller who's lived an incredible life. I don't care wealthy, poor, traveled or not. Your yeah. experiences are very rich and robust. Are you superstitious? You know, I don't think so. Um, I, I used to be, I guess, in a little way. Um, like my the the one that made me think maybe I really still am. Um, there is a, a superstition of like if you um if you're sweeping and like you you know your your uh the broom brushes like sweep against somebody's foot like like bad thing it's a bad omen um that. i know i yeah neither neither had i but it was when i was married to my first husband i i was sweeping the kitchen and, and that happened and he was just like i can't believe you just did that this is terrible <laughs> and i brushed it off i was like yeah whatever well then lo and behold our toddler our our crawling daughter um was at the top of the carpeted stairs um and she um but somehow or another managed to like tumble down um a oh few of my them. God. and you know I got to her she was fine but it happened like within hours of me doing this and so did he say that did he point it out that it was the he, he he didn't I don't think he needed to <laughs> I knew um, much love you probably felt so, awful but Oh yeah. So, so if I, that. yeah, well, I tell you, you know, if I, so, and, and his, his family's from Mississippi, like, so maybe it's like old, you know, black Mississippi culture. I have no idea. I don't know. I just know that I'm not <laughs> this. So to this day, I am hyper aware <laughs> when I am, when I am sweeping, but, um, but that's it. Uh, you know, but I still think about things like, uh, you know, when you walk, you're not supposed to listen to me. See, with the superstitions, um, like if you say there's a a, a light pole and you're walking down uh, the sidewalk and and so you split with your person and they take one side of the light pole and you take the other side. Apparently that's that's bad too. Like you should never split the object. Um, and wow. so, but I still let it happen. And it's funny. So it's like I'm I I think about the superstition but I do what you're not supposed to do anyway, sort of in this like, so there, you know, well, take that universe, me. which is hilarious. Yes. That's where I was going with that. That tells <laughs> me that you are aware of the group think and the silliness and the propagandized messaging and all the superstitions and the, you know, woodoo, yeah. hoodoo, um, but you choose to think critically and act on your own and with yes. intellect and in, in charge. And that's yes. just in trouble, girl. <laughs> I know. Well, and that's why you still, you know, and I'm still like, even as I'm doing it, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, again, <laughs> that's hot. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yes. All right, like acknowledging. 
about your book, I want to ask yes. you, what is something new you've recently learned? Because we can learn at all ages and stages in our lives. Is there something new you'd be willing to share a lesson you've recently learned? Oh, um, other than that, that hocus pocus about sweeping with the broom <laughs> and touching. <laughs> That's only if you're a witch. Tell your ex-husband. They, oh. uh, yeah. I don't know what, you know, I'm going to Google that later. I'm going to have to figure out like, where, where does the superstition come from? Um, something new that I've recently learned. Um, you know, so I don't read a lot of business books um, and one that, and this doesn't even count as a business book. There is an author uh, and sort of motivational speaker. His name is John Acuff and he wrote a book called Soundtracks. Um, and he came and he spoke at a retreat at our firm, uh, which is how I learned of him and, and got to meet him. And he is just, he is a delight, um, just really uh, compassionate, thoughtful human being. Like you can just, it just, he just sort of evokes it from you um, and, and just emotes uh, that he cares. But uh, the, he wrote this book called Soundtracks with the idea being that um, you can, you can, you can sort of develop your own soundtrack about yourself whether sure. negative whether negative or positive and so it was and which I really liked I thought it was just conceptually I thought it was an, an interesting way of looking at things um and I still haven't finished the book so I can't tell you what his um grand well, reveal it's like <laughs> the they... story we tell ourselves right yes. it's the story you yeah. told yourself as a young strict um southern baptist girl versus the story Valerie Pepper tells herself today right, right? So very different stories, likening it, likening it to the uh, impact of music. Music is one of the, um, if you've yeah. ever studied Cialdini, Robert Cialdini, he's the father of persuasion and influence. And there are six principles. One of them, um, you know, uh, how to persuade and, you know, uh, move people. You can use music. And we agree, right? I know, because you said that oh, earlier, sure. music moves you. When I was in my 24 hours of labor for my only child, um, at in, at any given point, I'd be playing Rage Against the Machine. And then <laughs> other times, I would be playing Sweet Baby James, which is yes. insane, right? So um, I hear great. you. I hear. Well, let's close out by talking about this fantastic accomplishment, this, this um, thing that's brought you from being an American woman who's been entertained by her writing to now an American woman who has experienced true joy through her published writing, right? There's Absolutely. A this country, yes. we're all entertained, but how many of us know true joy? So tell us about the book. Uh, so it is called The Widow's Guide to Second Chances. Um, and so it is, for for the romance readers out there, uh, romance always has a lot of tropes in it um and so and romance readers love the tropes i mean it's sort of what what dictates the kind of book that you're going to read at any given time if you are looking for a romance novel so this one in particular uh the theme the tropes in it are second chances no surprise there it's in the title uh and then it's set in a small town uh and so we've got lots of nosy busybodies uh with old ladies getting into arguments and lots of shenanigans uh but it's about a woman who who has spent the past five years running from uh, the life that she left in Talladega, Alabama, where her husband died in a fire. So she takes off 
Um, and she is called Back to Town by her grandmother's will, which is also something that every good romance reader will cheer for because we, if nothing, we love ourselves a good grandmother's will, bringing you back home. <laughs> <laughs> Happens all the time. Coming home. Um, coming home. It's time to come home, baby girl. So she gets called We've back home. We've all done home. it. We've all done it. Uh, and, and lo and behold, one of the men who had always seen her and you know, really liked her from afar is right there to help open her back, open her heart back up for a second chance. So there you go. Wow. It's, it's been, it was so much fun to write. It is the first uh, in at least a three book series. Uh, I've actually finished the draft of book two um, and book two will be out in September. So um, it's a lot of fun. Have, I like to call lived that trope. No, I have not okay, lived that I trip. have. <laughs> I have. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no. Hey, I am I have no regrets. None no. whatsoever. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I, I am unaware of shit I've done, but <laughs> I am I am living my best life and I'm married to the most amazing soulmate I've ever met in my life. And we have a beautiful Trinity family. Like it's the best. It's the best. Yeah. But that wouldn't have happened had I not lost it all come crashing down um my, yeah. my ex is someone who had another address name business woman family on the side like lifetime television for women but oh had goodness. I not yeah. my mom's like come home baby girl I'll put you through law school right you can go to LSU law school and I did and I moved home only to find out well we don't want to get too deep into the story but because <laughs> maybe I'll hire you to write my story someday. <laughs> But it's moving, going home where I met the man I'm now married to. And we live in California. Yeah. So I there love, I, I may have to read this book. And if I learn a little spicy something, something on the side, I'm sure my husband wouldn't mind. Exactly. And to that, I would say, you're welcome. If you do. <laughs> He's like, I got to meet her. She's awesome. Uh, <laughs> no, I can't wait. You will meet us both in person in New Orleans. Absolutely. Uh, it's always the first Thursday in June. I'd like to put you up as our morning keynote. So, I can't wait. What a great way can't to start wait. the day. Just letting go of all the inhibitions and loving who we are. Absolutely. Um, I, don't, I just don't believe there's good and bad. And, you know, there just is, right? I'm yeah. very Marcus. Yeah. It just is. You can take from it something horrific and ruin your life, or you can take something horrific and make something great of it and make your life better for having learned a lesson or two. So, absolutely. Um, yeah, you can't always control what happens to you, but you can always control your reaction to it, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think a lot of women don't yet, look, they hear it, but they mm. don't feel it or know it, you know, mm. at the core. But that's why women like you and me are here to help them realize it, like make it become a reality, not just words that sound Absolutely. good on a meme or something. But uh, <laughs> that's yeah. why we do what we do. You do your work through books i do my work through podcasts and on stage um events ted style and i absolutely. think that we're changing the world one woman at a time maybe a couple of women at a time absolutely i that, hope so me too and and yeah. the more the patriarchy gets wind of we're not gonna hurt you brother we're not gonna hurt you we're just looking no. for what we need to do what needs to be done and right. i believe women can do it as well if not better sometimes Yes. Yeah. Shot, right. It's our show. Yeah. Absolutely. I adore you, Valerie Nealon slash Valerie Pepper. <laughs> thank I you. Like, thank like, you. Thank I you. I like both Valerie's just the same, right? Yes. Well, I again back to that integration. I am one and the same. I 
right. He gets right. both of me. Yes. It's a twofer, as we'd say. In exactly. The exactly. <laughs> exactly. Buy one, get one free. It's, there you go. I'm, I'm all Bogo. here. Bogo girl. Bogo. <laughs> I love it. Well, let me say, uh, tell everybody who's listening, if they want to email you or go to your website or text you or call you, how can they reach you if they want to learn more about you or maybe have you on their podcast or whatever? Sure, sure. They can go to, um, the, the easiest way is to really go to my author uh, website. So it's authorvaleriepepper.com. Um, I, you can contact me through that website. You can also find me on Instagram. I am way too um, prevalent over there. I'm constantly on there and that's at author Valerie Pepper as well. And they can just slide on into my DMs if they want to say hi. And of course I'm on LinkedIn um, under my real name, Valerie Nealon. So they can find me there as well. Well, I'm going to, I've already connected with the professional mm -hmm. Valerie Nealon on LinkedIn. I'm excited to connect with Valerie Pepper on Insta. <laughs> She's spicy. <laughs> I you love consider it. Consider yourself might, warned. Yeah. <laughs> consider yourself warned, folks. Okay. Yep. Um, I feel like um, I'm younger and wiser for having had this conversation with you, my dear. That is, that's a fantastic compliment. Thank you. <laughs> you, bet, you bet. All right, folks, thank you for tuning in. You know, you'll hear um, more great stories from more incredible women who may not even have known how incredible or remarkable they are until after they had that opportunity to tell their story. So keep tuning in and thanks so much. Valerie, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Susan. This was wonderful. Have a good day. You bet. You bet. You bet.